Welcome, my friends, to Next Level Change Success, a change conversation for leaders, project and change practitioners for today and tomorrow. My name is Therese Perez of MyVirtualChangeManager.com and I'm an experienced change and project professional and people leader with many years of experience in the industry. I love business and I love the people side of business especially. So nothing lights me up more than seeing people use change management, project management and strong change leadership to engage, motivate and inspire people and ultimately transform organizations. If you've heard about change management and have no idea of what it involves, then you're in the right place. If you know about change management, but you want to take your practices to the next level, then this is where you should be. I'm going to share the stories of my experiences, interview some fantastic people, and I'm going to explore all of the challenges and opportunities that you face in organizations right now. So please join me and let's go and have some fun. Yay, it is 2023. Very, very excited to be back for season two. And wow, I, I'm very enthusiastic about this year. It'll be interesting to see how I feel halfway through. But I definitely have that new year enthusiasm and it's great to have you tuning in. So welcome. And I'd like to acknowledge before I begin that I am recording on Tharawal Country and pay my respects to the traditional owners and custodians on the land on which I am recording. And I can't believe we're in 2023 because I remember in the year 2000 we thought that New Year's Eve, everyone thought that the banks would not be able to cope. There was uh, that conversation happening that the technology couldn't cope with the zero-zero concept. And so everyone was like a little bit concerned about technology failing across the world and what would we do? Who knew that 20 years later, after that, we would be facing a global pandemic in which it threw the world into crisis mode? And then three years later, we're heading into a new year, which is hopefully hopeful and hopefully going to present you with a little bit more opportunity and enthusiasm because I certainly feel that I feel like it's it's another year I was hopeful at the beginning of 2022 as well just around opportunity what will this year bring and hopefully an improvement and certainly our Christmas this year or in 2022 was really exciting with family friends catching up entertaining again and it's so so different when we reflected on the year past so hopefully in this Christmas in 2023, can't believe I'd talk about Christmas as we've just finished one, but hopefully in this Christmas in 2023, once again, everyone feels a little bit lighter. I feel like we overcompensated a little bit at the Christmas about coming out of the pandemic, which did tire a lot of people and tired myself through a lot of energy, a lot of people. So I had to have a couple of self-imposed timeouts just to get a bit of a breather. But that also gave me time to reflect, gave me time to think about things and obviously also to prep for my first podcast in season two. So let's just talk about a little bit, just for those of you who haven't listened before and who are jumping in on this particular podcast. Hi, my name is Therese Perez. I am the founder of My Virtual Change Manager and I am passionate about people. I'm passionate about the change discipline, but also the change challenge that organizations face. And I believe that with 
integrating change psychology into an organization, you are going to get better outcomes. People will have a better experience. We spend so much of our lives at work. So my whole focus is ensuring that people are treated with respect through any change process and that their passion can be reignited through the the work that the organization does and they can feel part of a team and part of a group who is on purpose with whatever your organization delivers. So I'm very, very much about that. And so a few things over the Christmas break, I did some reading. There'll be a few books I cover off because I found some fantastic books and, uh, and also had my brother lend me a fantastic book, which I'm going to cover off in one of the future episodes around psychological safety. I've had the pleasure of watching Amy Edmondson as a guest speaker in a neuroscience, neuroleadership uh, conference. And at the time she was talking about teaming, where a lot of her work sat. And that was fascinating in and of itself. She is a professor who has researched the behaviors of teams over many many years and now she's just released the book on psychological safety which my brother kindly lent me at christmas which landed in my hands and i haven't been able to put it down i find it really fascinating i haven't been underlying it underlining it i've been actually you know resisting that temptation however i've been tagging some key things in there and definitely want to have that conversation because it is really relevant And it is one of the things I want to talk about around the challenges and the change challenges that we face in 2023. So let's get into it because this is a new year, yet there are themes that are going to continue to perpetuate through this year that might come to the surface more and more in your organization. And it's important that you're across it. So I'm assuming that you've jumped onto this podcast because you want to know about change, change management, change psychology. How does that work in organizations? How do you achieve more through less effort in a lot of ways? And one of the things, the first thing I want to talk about for 2023 insofar as changes is fatigue and fatigue in your workforce. Now, so last year we had a lot more conversation about mental health and what that meant for organizations. And in the mental health landscape, of course, there's a whole bunch of considerations and well-being really that you want to focus on. Well-being used to be almost like this, uh, you know, it's like the the myth of work-life balance. It's kind of like something that most organizations talk about. Um, They might send out things, you know, have fruit baskets in the, you know, breakfast rooms. They might have, you know, certain healthier foods, certain yoga classes people can go to, that type of thing, or bit of a health and fitness, you know, discount for staff for going to the gym, that type of thing. But there needs to be almost an amplification of these type of strategies to the point where it's integrated at the foundation of the culture and that includes around people remote working working from home flexibility uh, really bringing that work-life balance to the forefront and that's not all organizations have done that yet and there are many people bowing out of organizations because they haven't yet embraced the well how can we be at the forefront of this And we really do want to make sure that our people's health is really considered in a lot of the decisions that we make. Now, from a change perspective and the fatigue that sits in the workforce, it's it's a challenge, right? So you're going to be bringing in change to people who are tired. And I would say probably coming off their Christmas break tired as well because of the big increase in social activity that happened 
in the, during this holiday break just been. And then they're coming back to work and tired. This compounding effect. Now, the interesting hypothesis I'll put out there for this year is that you'll probably see people taking, and especially in Australia, uh, longer periods of time off, like a block of time, a month, versus just one week here, two weeks here, etc., etc. And if your people aren't doing that and they've accrued that leave, I would really be having quite an honest conversation and a, a very caring and supportive conversation with your people as to whether they need to do that. If you're seeing the indicators of fatigue, which is that people kind of there's a bit more uh, conflict in the workplace. There's less patience happening. Um, certainly heading into the Christmas break, I could definitely see the fatigue in the workforce. And it's important to kind of get ahead of that because this will eventuate into or crew into mental health issues for people um, it, and more conflict in the workplace if not addressed. So encouraging people to go on leave. I think in Australia there will be more people going overseas for extended periods of time because we have been on an island, we are on an island, and uh, we've been so contained with our borders and obviously travel's been so prohibited that actually with the flights opening up overseas there's a lot more people who are going, yeah, dust off that passport, I'm onto it and I'm, I'm going over. And that includes myself, I absolutely... Uh, we are planning an overseas holiday this year as well. So important to have a look at the fatigue in the workforce and the pace of change that relates to that. Now, if you have a low engagement score from your staff perspective, you absolutely need to focus on the health and well-being of your staff because that low engagement score is also telling you that people are just showing up but potentially not really invested because they may not have the energy to invest. The other indicator in, so far as fatigue is going to be your attrition rates. So how many people are leaving the organisation? How many people are coming in new? And now there'll be enthusiasm, but obviously if you've got a low engagement score or a low engagement base that you're coming from, they're going to come into a culture that's tired. They're going to come into a workplace where people are negative and you really then need to have a look at how you reinvent your culture and continue to have possibly um, high attrition rates, which isn't great. If you are, and if your people and culture area or your HR area do not have a strategy around health and well-being, talent retention, um, talent creation and development, psychological safety engagement all of these elements together and if they're just looking to address them as siloed strategies then you may want to rethink that because you will find that it will not be successful and you're going to struggle through this year so important to have a look at that so let's go into some of those other spaces around psychological safety and how that works and this is the concept of passive participation that seems to be seeping into most workforces now, which is once again shown through your engagement scores being so low. And I can a thousand percent understand that both as a leader, but also as an employee in organizations, because through the pandemic and organizations, how they responded to that has had 
I guess, almost a dulling of senses for employees, which isn't ideal, but it is what it is. And it has a lot to do with the expectation that staff have of leaders and of the organisation in and of itself to be treated with respect, to be valued, to have a two-way conversation. The old leadership theories of command and control, hierarchy, dominance, I guess, possibly quite patriarchal views of how to do things, having CEOs who consider themselves to be the smartest in the room does not necessarily achieve results anymore. And in fact, is showing that it, it is having people lag and it's having, once again, high attrition rates for those who don't want to uh, subscribe to that way of doing things. Leaders who are unable to sit with their people, really engage and collaborate, or maybe hierarchies that are just too many levels in organizations are inhibiting their ability to change. Team that with a lack of psychological safety in organizations through leaders who are not emotionally intelligent enough or really savvy enough to create a space where their people feel safe to try new things, to make mistakes, to learn. Those leaders who simply want people to tell them what to do or to do what they tell them, I should say, then really they're going to struggle. And those leaders, even though they may in engagement scores get high engagement scores, those areas simply won't perform over the long term. As soon as that leader goes and there's fear-based leadership happening that any short-term improvement in performance will not be sustained i am quite passionate about this concept and i do like how they've named it psychological safety and a lot of the discussion around it seems so relevant and i can agree with it from my own personal experience in some organizations and i'm sure you can too if you explore it that whole concept of well i've spoken up no one's really listened to me They really don't want my opinion if I don't agree with them. So therefore, I'm not going to offer the suggestions anymore is certainly one that is really, really relevant for organizations who have low engagement scores. And I think people are really struggling with how to create psychological safety and organizations and leaders are really struggling to create that environment because they really aren't sitting enough with the problem. And they're treating it like, I guess, a 1990s problem, which is pretty much in organizations where it was, okay, well, let's just roll out a campaign. Let's just, you know, talk about, you know, everyone can speak up, those type of things. Everyone has a voice, that type of thing. And treating it as tokenistic rather than as a really inherent problem and a real cultural problem to address as a group in conversation with people and over time. So that is definitely going to be one of the challenges this year if you're in an organisation that has low psychological safety from a change perspective. You may get traction, but I'm thinking that you're going to achieve probably half the level of outcome that you would if you didn't have something in train which is going to lift that parameter. 
It'd be interesting over time because I have no doubt that this will be coral, there will be a correlation between the ability for organizations to change and psychological safety. And if I think if you just break it down into a team experience that you've had, and certainly I've had it on some projects where you've come in, everyone respects each other's patch. They respect the skill sets of the team around there and they team exceedingly well. And I can, I can think of a number of teams where I've implemented change where that has happened from activity-based working change through to technology change, uh, through to HR structure change. If you get a really good program team who trust each other, who have the same value system or want the same outcomes, which is treating people with respect, ensuring that everyone's communicated with effectively, um, leaders are engaged, they understand their role, they own the role, they you know, are collegiate with each other as a leadership group and they're consistent with each other as a leadership group. That is the concept of psychological safety and that if anything kind of goes wrong, the people can sit around a table and work through it and discuss it and everyone's views are shared, appreciated and the best outcome once again is used or the best method to respond is used as part of a collaborative effort will always achieve a better outcome than someone who thinks they're smartest in the room, someone who will undermine others in the room or, or you know, be derogatory towards someone's opinion, someone's view, and quite visibly, which then all of a sudden just degrades any sort of safety within that group, which once again results in poor outcomes poor results, no one's speaking up. And it really puzzles me that then, then people kind of question about the, I can't believe people don't speak up about this, etc. Well, of course, because if they don't feel safe, they're just not going to. And leaders need to really work on that. So psychological safety in the change context is going to, and for most organisations, is going to continue to peak in the conversation. And quite rightly, it should with the demands that we have in organisations at the moment. And then we move on to culture and the culture conversation. And this is all linked and related as most ecosystems and organizations are. But the whole culture context is important because some cultures have really thrived in this ability to evolve, embrace the new, say, okay, times are different. How do we approach it? Because their core value systems are already about people. So I feel if there were organizations who were quite people centric and I don't mean tokenistic. Like I think there's a very big difference for most organizations who say it, but don't live it, don't act it. And thus engagement scores plummet versus those who actually do have that intention and have leaders who reflect that. And then how do they create that new culture and evolve it so that everything is aligned and from a culture perspective, you absolutely need to consciously manage culture in an organization and especially more so than now. And the many, many leaders are unable to talk about it because they've never experienced a culture program and are unsure on how to support it. And it seems that the kind of flow is a culture diagnostic, a look at the weak spots, the strong spots, and then put leaders through learning and then leaders are there to change the culture. 
I'm here to say that's not enough at all. And in 2023, for many organizations who've been on a bit of a culture change journey, that if it's not getting traction, there is a need for you to explore how you can get it to the grassroots. And it's oftentimes needing to be a big program of work where leaders are really signed up to it and invested in it, not told what to do, not told how to be, but really having a conversation as a group around how they as leaders create and support the culture actively, really looking at how they role model and then also looking at many, many of the programs, rewards programs, etc., around what behaviours are we rewarding and what behaviours are we essentially not recognising and how does that line up with the behaviours of this organisation or how we hold ourselves. Oftentimes too, insofar as values, I will touch on this in the cultural context, values and then there's like a list of like, you know, 10 behaviors for every value. It's too much. It's too much. So culture needs to be a simple conversation, a daily conversation, a daily action, and a daily team effort to create the culture that you want in an organization. And it needs to be aligned with its purpose at all times. Then all of the structures and processes, and I don't mean just people and culture or HR structures and processes, but business processes need to reflect your culture. The people you recruit need to reflect your culture. You, If you have people who you recruit who don't display those behaviours, they need to be actively managed out of an organisation due to non-alignment with your culture. That is... And those behaviours are the things that people see and experience. So this is very much around experience, how people experience your culture and that that's all aligned. And there's no difference in the internal culture and the external brand. Like it needs to be aligned for it to be amplified and for organisations to perform. So culture and the link to change is, is massive. Change can only achieve so much as a function, but also you will only ever achieve so much change if your culture is not supportive of changing in the first place. So having change or continuous improvement is something that needs to be valued in an organization and be within that framework for culture. Engagement and how that plays out in your organization it's becoming more and more relevant in you know 20 years ago you know the surveys used to be about you know how how happy are you really as a staff member and now the tools have have moved on have evolved have become more sophisticated to really look at engagement in organizations and I think they're great tools there are some some really great surveys Gallup surveys are great people oftentimes um, debate about surveys I would say anything that's once again not really mature but tokenistic is not going to be of value but I have participated in and experienced some great surveys that really do show some interesting cultural diagnostics and engagement diagnostics 
and they correlate, right? So, so not not one tool in its isolation is going to give you the answers, but in an ecosystem, many tools, absolutely, they are going to give you uh, the areas for which you know the organisation should explore. So, staff engagement is going to be a really hot topic, I would think, because people could, I guess, dismiss worker satisfaction because of the or dissatisfaction because of the pandemic but this year things will have been settling this year is the year that most organizations are going to see have are we really on mark are we ahead of the game or are we behind and how behind are we and i mentioned this in the first um, point for change challenges we talked about change fatigue mental health the indicators people taking holidays there could be sick leave, it could be attrition rates, and then of course you have your engagement survey. Then you also have the other elements around your cultural diagnostic that you might have, and these all combined to create a story. So this year, have a look at and consider these elements in relation to change in your organisation. What is on the change agenda this year? What do we need to address in these other elements which are going to help us really maximize the opportunity we have with change and the changes we're going to introduce to maximize those outcomes? If you don't look at the, where your workforce is at, if you don't look at the elements of psychological safety which may or may not be present in your organization, if you choose not to look at your workplace culture, and what's happening there and if you start to just be in a place of justification for your your poor engagement survey results then you will almost be throwing money down the drain when it comes to change this year because these elements are really really critical to change success now if you're a change practitioner obviously a lot of these things are out of your hands but the conversation starter and the conversation to be had, it, it will be present in your change planning. So it will be insofar as these are the current, the current environment, this is the current environment, these are the current indicators of our workforce at this point in time, this is the impact of the change, and therefore these are the things we need to consider. Better engagement with your leaders, ensuring more communication than less, ensuring that you're giving people enough time to embrace the change before it happens, which still is not occurring across many organisations. It's just thrust upon the workforce, a tired, fatigued, disengaged workforce. It is the elements which may have people move into mental health issue territory. It could be the cause of attrition rates of both leaders and employees. So a lot of the downside, if not addressed, that those costs are quite high. So it's worth organisations investing in these areas. These are the key areas of change challenge for 2023. And I, I embrace these challenges in all that I do because these are the things that matter to people. And if you're passionate about people, then you'll be passionate about these areas and really coming on the journey with me this year to explore each of these, for me to provide you with practical tools, tips, scenarios, case studies that can help you in this journey as a leader, as a change practitioner, 
as someone who really just has, is interested in change and how to do better and someone who's passionate about people. So I hope you continue to tune in. I wonder if there's other areas that you've identified that you want me to explore. So please reach out or just at myvirtualchangemanager.com. I'm really pumped about this year. I hope you are too. I think there's going to be some great things that we cover both on the website, but also in this podcast. And I hope you've had a fantastic Christmas break. Hopefully you're coming into the new year with a whole bunch of enthusiasm about opportunities and how you can contribute to those around you in the change area. So have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. My name's Therese Perez. And just remember that change matters because people matter.